Welcome to the Mini Break Podcast, your daily roundup of the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Friday, June 28th, and I am your host, Max Rothman, and we are well underway into Wimbledon, the grass season, or if you want to call it the grass season, I, I kind of just call it, you know, a few weeks of grass court tennis. Um, we're well underway. The qualifying rounds just finished, so we do have all of our qualifiers, uh, and, and the main draw does get released uh, bright and early tomorrow morning for us, you know, people in the United States. So uh, definitely people will be keeping their eyes out for this draw. You know, the the seeding has already been released and there's been some discussion about that. And, and we, we might have to dive into that a little bit tonight. And uh, so I, I've got to bring on, you know, the only guy who gets to wake up super early tomorrow morning to write about this and cover it all. And that is Tennis Channel's Kale Hammond. Welcome back to the Mini Break Podcast, my man. Thank you, thank you. Glad to be back. Grass court season's uh, by far my favorite season. I wish it was a little longer, but uh, it's been it's been fun, you know, watching all these weird results and you know you see see who's good on grass and see who struggles on grass. It, it's just fun all around because you don't get to see much of it. Well, there definitely have been some weird results, and you know, maybe maybe that's a a good place to just get right into it. Um, wait, 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 before we before we get right oh, into it, please. you gotta let me plug something. Yeah, do okay. it. <laughs> So my, my buddy, uh, Troy Aiken, um, played tennis at Chapman. He's a really good tennis player. Um, he created a show. Um, it's on YouTube called Add Out. He wrote it. He uh, co-directed it. He, um, you know, worked, poured his heart and soul into it. And I, it, I think it came out really well. And he cast me as a character in the show. I played a cocky tennis player uh, who went to Stanford. And just an overly cocky, uh, you know, tennis player nice guy but but a little arrogant and so i basically played myself <laughs> in the show <laughs> and it, it, it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty good and so go to youtube and type in add out that's it and it'll pop up it'll be the first one and that's all i've got go go check it out and uh throw throw me and my homie a bone because uh we had we worked pretty hard and it, it was a uh, really fun hell yeah and, and i actually think my uh, my tennis court makes a little cameo in this uh production am i right oh i forgot about that <laughs> yeah the so. max rothman uh, home court oh yeah you gotta, you gotta give a, a tour of that <laughs> it's got a nice nice basketball hoop on the side 10 foot gorilla oh yeah it's nice oh yeah well I, i'm definitely looking forward to seeing the product considering uh, you know, as you said, my, my home court is, is one of the, the sets. So that should be awesome. Definitely make sure to go check it out. If you are listening, that is add out and, and should be up on YouTube for all of you to, to tune in and watch. I'm, I'm sure it's great. I, I saw a few clips and, uh, it definitely, you know, as a tennis fan, it, it's, it's funny for sure. Yeah. There's good tennis scenes. There's legit tennis, you know, good, good footage. It's not like Wimbledon where, you know, they, they, swipe at a ball and then it pops a can at 120 miles an hour uh you know there's some good footage absolutely well i'm sure we'll get some some good takes on it after all the the cracked rackets team gets a gets a look at it but we'll we'll have to bring the review on onto the next Uh-oh. mini break <laughs> uh but without further ado let, let's hop into the tennis i i want to save the the wimbledon qualifying round discussion uh for the end so just real quick i do want to go through uh eastburn and, and then antalya for the men as well uh, let's start at uh at eastburn on the women's side you know i i haven't unfortunately had a chance to watch too much of this i've seen some highlights here and there but uh some pretty interesting results from today the first person i just want to talk about really quick is pliskova you know pliskova 
before this tournament, you know, lost lost a first round to her sister. Uh, and, you know, I've always thought that her game is perfect for the grass. You know, her forehand stays real low. She can she can hit that nice slice. And, and I think for for the grass court movement, I think her the way that she moves is perfect. Kind of the the smooth style of, of movement that she has. She's gone through this tournament in a breeze, winning her first round three and three, her second round one and two, and she beats Alexandrova two and zero oh in this last round. So you know, losing a total of you know what is this eleven games over three matches is just ridiculous. She plays Kiki Burton's in the next round. Look, I'm just excited to see Pliskova in Wimbledon. I love the way she's playing on the grass. What do you think about her as you know one of the favorites for Wimbledon going going in right now? Yeah, I think I think after this tournament, you know, she sort of has to be right. in the conversation. You know, she's been a total buzzsaw through this entire tournament. The competition uh, that she's faced, you know, it hasn't been stellar. No, you know, she she definitely got she got a good draw, um, but at least Mertens is is a fine player, and she beat her like a drum yesterday, six one six two. And to your point earlier about her her playing on grass, I I, I totally agree with you. Just because the serve is humongous, she oh, yeah. consistently leads the WTA tour in aces. She's second right now behind Kiki Burton's, but Kiki Burton's has ten more aces and she's played, I think, seven more matches. Right. So per match, Pliskova is by far um, the ace leader. Um, I I would have to check on Serena per match, but but, but she's she's. Pilskova is the consistent ace leader. That's not the point. The point is, is that I think she struggled on grass in the beginning. Um, you know, she she struggles sometimes, like getting getting low enough, and the ball doesn't bounce on grass. And she's tall too. If you've ever seen, have you ever seen her in person? Yeah, I mean, she she's a tall, but she's not lanky. She's I don't feel like she's lanky. I feel like she's just a a tall, athletic build. I mean. She's she's definitely six foot three. Oh <laughs> yes, she she has so, that inch over me. I'm I'm for and, sure. And, and 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 in tennis shoes, who knows if she measured her standing straight up, she might be six four. She's definitely six foot three, and so she's by uh, one of the tallest players out there. So I think getting low um, at first, and also she doesn't necessarily like to move forward that much. Um, her net game is not her strength, or it wasn't her strength certainly a few years ago. And when you play on grass, you you know you have to be able to finish at the net. It it, it it's an imperative. And so if you're not entirely comfortable finishing at the net, um, it can be tough, I guess. But she seems to have found it, and it's just fun to watch. I can't wait um, for her match tomorrow. Yeah, that that is gonna be a fun one with Burton's. I mean Burton's beat Sabalenka the round before four six four three six six four you know also playing some some good tennis on her end and, and that's gonna be a nice little you know kind of intro into the into Wimbledon. Right now Pliskova plus fourteen hundred to win Wimbledon. She's behind Osaka, Kerber, Kvitova, Serena, of course they always have her in that top three and Barty now with the number one spot at plus three fifty. So uh, look I, I think Party plus three fifty is where my money's at. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, hard to hard to argue otherwise. She just looks so good right now. The slice, dude. Oh, the the slice. slice on the grass. She's like, dude. She's like got Steph throwing it back to the Steffi Graf era with the slice. Her slice is money, it's and she so uses good. it to con- control the pace and control the direction of the ball. 
and then she steps up and cracks the forehand. She's sort of low key plays like Steffi Graf, but with a more uh, you know a smoother a smoother style. Um, we'll see how many majors she can rack up too, because I mean, uh, Nick Curio said on Twitter, and he's pretty honest about things, and he's got some good takes. He does, uh, to be quite honest. He's not like Kyrie Irving. He's not one of those troubled souls just spewing nonsense. <laughs> he is a. Uh, He's got some fire takes, and he said that Ash Barty's going to rack him up. I believe that's what he said, and I couldn't agree more. Are we thinking double digits here? I don't want to go too crazy. I'm trying to, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to lay low right now. I'm uh, trying to not be too hot takeish, but but oh yeah, I would think so at her age, with her just natural, uh, god given athletic ability, and the fact that she was a professional athlete in another sport and crossed over. <laughs> I mean, how many people can say that? She's like the Bo Jackson of women's tennis. Oh, it's she's, so cool. She's just awesome. And, and most importantly, her mentality. Uh, she stays level uh, like I need to do <laughs> <laughs> all the time. And, and, you know, she really doesn't seem to get too upset. And she's, she's driven and she's humble and the players respect her. And I think that's a huge factor. Definitely, and and I I think people love watching her. It's it's been a pleasure to see her, you know, rise to the number one ranking for her first time, and uh, you know, I, I think she might hold on to it for a bit, like you said. So we'll we'll see how this Wimbledon goes for her. I think it's not a bad bet to take her at plus three fifty. But moving on to some of the other uh, results from yesterday, you know, Kerber, who is another one of the favorites for Wimbledon. Gets a win over Simona Halep, 6-4, 6-3. Do you have a chance to catch this match? Yes, I, I did. I wrote about. I wrote a preview for this match. What did you see here? I, I thought Kerber was going to win because there was an interesting stat that I found. Um, I believe so. So they played uh, – they, before this, they played 12 times, and Simona Halep won, was up 7-5 in the total head-to-head. When you look at the sets, the total sets won. Kerber – was up 15 to 12 in the total sets one and she had never lost to Halep or she had sorry she had never um beaten Halep not in two sets every uh, you know every time sorry scratch that you gotta you gotta help me out here here west off give us a little rewind sound effect (laughs) rewind all right so Kerber versus um Halep they've played 12 times Halep's up seven to five in the head-to-head. She was before this match, and but of the five wins, um, Kerber hadn't dropped a set in those wins, and she owns the total set tally, fifteen to twelve, and Halep had only beaten Kerber once out of the seven matches, um, in straights. In straights. Yeah, everything else was three sets. Yeah, so they and they I played in French, right? They played in the quarters, I think. Yeah, and it was, I thought it was interesting just because, like, you know, when Kerber beats her, she beats her pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And she's Kerber's a better grass court player. Her ground strokes are more penetrating. Definitely. And, um, you know, stay a little bit lower. And Kerber gets lower than anyone, I think, on the WTA Tour. And so her game is, is just translates to the grass so well. Um, so that wasn't really surprising that, that um, she beats Halep. You know, the balls these – these courts are faster than Wimbledon. So they're just flying through through the air and through the through the grass, which I definitely think benefits a player like a Kerber, you know, like a Pliskova can hit through the court a little more. Uh, so you know, maybe not that it's a 
Yeah, he heavy topspin's not doing too much on these courts. No, not at all. And not that it's a, a bad thing, uh, but definitely going to need to adjust a little bit going into Wimbledon, you know, getting ready for a few long, you know, not, you're not going to be having crazy long points necessarily, but uh, may, may elongate the points a little bit going from uh, Eastburn to, to Wimbledon. But uh, like you said, Kerber looks great, stays so low on the ball. Uh, really good opportunity for her to get some some more points before Wimbledon and just some more confidence. She has a next round match, and I'm going to botch this uh, this name. It's Anz Jabour. Jabour, I think is how I you... think you got it. Yep, I think that's, I think that's how you say it. I'm, I'm happy for myself. And a little round of applause sound effect, please, Westhoff. Thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, so you know, a good opportunity for her, and uh, I think we'll we'll be seeing her make a deep run as well. Plus, like I said, plus one thousand um, for her to to win Wimbledon, and I also don't think that's a bad bet either. But no, let, that's a that's a great bet. Definitely. Let Let's move on to the men's side of Eastburn. You know, some some pretty interesting results here today. Let's start with the Taylor Fritz and Hubie Hercotch, uh quarterfinal match, a match that. Fritz wins four and six, and I've always said that grass is the best surface for Fritz, and not that that's a hot take or anything, but it's just every every year that we see him on the grass, he just he proves us right. This is one of his better surfaces. His flat backhand, his you know at times relatively flat forehand, yeah, the, the flat forehand, the way he can take it down the line, and I've actually liked it. He's getting a little more comfortable moving in still. It freaks me out every single time I see him going in the net. I'm just like, oh god, like who knows what's gonna happen with this volley. Um, but well, if you hit the right approach, good things will happen. Exactly. But he is the, the craziest thing about this match to me. He wins this match serving 45% on his first serve, and this is one of those guys where you you would think he he's needing to serve in the 60% to you know get through a match and serves 45% still manages to win 75% of those first serve points you know saves seven of eight break points um but just you know crazy to to serve that low he's gonna have to pick that up if he wants to be more successful yeah he after the match he was he was disappointed he uh (laughs) good play he said that and um you know, I saw why. You know, the ser- he, if he's not serving well, he's not going to feel comfortable out there. No. But her catch, I think her catch clay right now might be his best surface. He looked really comfortable on the clay. Definitely, the ground strokes uh, for her catch weren't in, weren't that comfortable on the clay. But yeah, Fritz's game translates so well to the grass. The serve is huge. He has huge weapons, um, and his forehand. He he likes it flat. He loves the backhand. The backhand. You know, it's so funny to see his follow through. And the racket face is just completely open. So there is zero topspin on the ball. There's zero topspin. <laughs> and so, like, you see that, and it just flies through the court. Yeah. And, and he's playing with confidence right now. And he seems to be in a good spot mentally. Uh, I think Paul Anacone must be must be helping him out a lot. Um, that's a good yeah. pairing. And hello, we get some Americans into the latter stages of, of a tournament. It's, it's been a little while after that European clay court season to see – the, the old USA in this in this uh, you know semis of some tournaments. Oh yeah, just in time for for July Fourth. It's uh it's only right that we see that little flag waving up there in the uh, in the semifinals. And he's got a tough semifinal match against Kyle Edmund, who's 
uh, you know, as we've talked about for the majority of 2019, has had just a rough year uh, and, and a great win for him against a Daniel Evans who's been hot. You know, Daniel Evans coming off of two previous tournament wins, you know, yes, at Challengers, but nonetheless still very impressive. Um, Edmund, what, what are your expectations for him in Wimbledon? Are high or, or is... I don't have I don't have too many expectations playing three out of five. The reason he had such a bad year is because he was hurt. When I was at IMG right. in November, I, he was there, and he just had the saddest look on his face, and his knee was just so heavily taped, and he was grinding out these practice sessions, but you could tell he was in, he was in a little bit of pain. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, if your if your knee is sore, when, you know, winning tennis matches is is a, is a lot harder. And yeah, Dan Evans is a great grass court player, so that was a good win for him, and it's good to see him. He's just hitting through the court right now. He's letting it fly. I think he's pretty comfortable, you know, playing playing at home. You know, he's probably feeling pretty good. And he's yeah, he's gonna be tough for for Fritz tomorrow, but I think Fritz could tur- could totally take it. Well, look, Fritz is plus one fifteen in this match, and and I'm taking Fritz. I already I I texted Westoff before we started this and said, "Yo, give me twenty bucks on Fritz right now. I love it. He looks good. I, I don't I don't necessarily think Edmund's gonna come out of here and blow him out of the water. Give me Fritz." And so I, I'm all in on Fritz for tomorrow's match. Yeah, he he's emerging as a little little Wimbledon dark horse, but you know it obvious and and Edmund I think could do well too, but. I mean, it doesn't matter right now until tomorrow morning when you see the draw. Right. You f- we forget a lot of times how important you know the draw and the pathway actually is, it, which seeds go down, and you know which number eighty-two player in the world you're playing second round, you know which which fifty-six player in the world you're playing third round. You know it, things crumble in in the Grand Slam draws differently every time, and so it really all depends on the draw. But I think both these guys. Are really comfortable right now, and it'd be you know it'd be good to see Edmonds made the semi of a major uh, uh, before, but it'd be good to see Fritz you know take that take that next step, and I think this is the surface he's going to do it on. Absolutely, Edmund last year you know makes the third round loses to Djokovic in a tight four set match, and Fritz you know last year at Wimbledon wins his first round against Sonego and then has a tight five setter with Zverev. You know, just shows the the kind of caliber of tennis he's able to play on the grass, pushing Zverev to five sets at a major. I think you're right. This could be the year where we get to see Fritz, you know, potentially make you know a little run uh, at Wimbledon. So again, depends on the draws, and uh, I do want to pick your brain on the Wimbledon seeding, but we will get there once we get to our Wimbledon qualifying discussion. Just quickly, you want to talk about the other side of the Eastburn semifinals. We have Sam Query, who took out Fernando Verdasco 6-2 and two today, and Fabiano, who took out Gilles Simone. It's funny, I think both uh, Stokowiak and Gruskin thought Simone was winning this match, and Stokowiak was all in on Simone, saying he looks so good right now, and then he lets Fabiano take the 4-3 win, which is just hilarious. Simone's tired. think so? Simone's tired. I mean, the guy can go all day, but at this point in his career, um, playing as many matches in a row as he did, I'm just saying I don't know, but like from what I've heard the players talk about, he he doesn't seem like you know like the guy. He's not he's not living in the gym, right? Um, he's obviously to get to that level of hard worker, but he he's not living in the gym like some of these guys. And I think he ran out of gas, and he got 
so pissed today during his match. And that's what happens when you get tired because you're playing so well, everything's going right, and then for some reason, you know, you lose the legs, and then things just start to go the other way, and it can be right. frustrating. Did you yeah. see so that that hilarious uh, ATP video where they where Simon smacked the ball? Yeah, and they the do Andy it, they Murray thing. Be like, no, 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 and the fucking ball ends up <laughs> ends up hitting Andy Murray, and Andy Murray goes, "What, the dude?" The, the <laughs> Andy Murray that that video is so funny to me. I've, I've seen it so many different ways, and it never it's gets gold. Old. It's gold. It's awesome. I, we're we're gonna have to. Crack Rackets needs to take a stab at a few of them because it, it it's so freaking funny. I love it. Um, yeah, Gary V says you know you need a written guy, you need you need you need a video guy, and you need a, a post guy. So so you, it seems like you guys need a, a post production on the video side. Oh yeah, I, Westoff's our magician. He'll figure it out. I'm not worried. Yeah, I have I have plenty of faith in Westoff, <laughs> even though I've never met him in person. I would love to someday. Oh, you will, Westoff. You? If you're ever in L.A. ever in L.A., let's. Let's hang out, please. Oh, uh, we're, we're, we're going to bring them all out at some point. Um, but back to Simone really quick. I mean, dude, you're right. Like, he just he just played London. He had a really good run there. He beat Anderson. He beat Mahoud, who's been playing well. He beat Medvedev. Uh, and then loses to, to Feliciano. All, all five of his matches, three setters. You know, granted, he is about to go play a best three out of five set tournament at Wimbledon. But... Look, he just did but that. But just one match a day, and you get two days off. Right, and and then he comes here. He plays Sandgren, who's a good grass quarter. Uh, he plays, you know, Nico Jerry, who's also a, a Yeti, excuse me, who's, uh, a, you know, a tough player to play. And, and, yeah, I'm sure he's tired. And, look, I actually don't think it's a bad thing for him to lose. Like, go get some rest. Get ready for Wimbledon. Yeah. Like, it, so, so today so today is uh, – well, t- tomorrow, t- today is, I guess, June 28th, air quotes – but but right now right. it's still the twenty seventh, and he starting on June seventeenth he's played one, two, three, four, five matches all three sets. Six, seven, and today was his eighth match in ten days. Yeah, like, that even if you don't live in you know even if you do live in a gym you're gonna be gassed totally. So so yeah I'm sure he was so frustrated because he saw this as a fantastic opportunity to you know get some of those semifinal points and prize money. And his legs just weren't there. I don't blame him for smashing the ball into the back fence. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm. I can totally understand the frustration. And so good, good that he gets a chance to, you know, get some rest. He had his success. I'm sure the confidence is still there. I know today was frustrating, but I'm sure he's going to be able to carry some of that confidence into Wimbledon. So tomorrow we will see, or excuse me, today, I guess, whatever you want to call it, Friday, uh, you're going to get to see a query Fabiano semifinal, and the winner of that match plays the winner of the Fritz Edmund. So some really good tennis uh, left in Eastburn. But on to our last uh, tournament leading up to Wimbledon. This is Antalya, Turkey. Apparently it's just been brutally hot there. You, you saw some videos of Benoit in his match against Troisky just on the ground, like cutting that off his was sleeves. So <laughs> funny that he had the, the the trainer whatever cut off his sleeves. It just it's just like classic. Like it's such a Benoit it's move. All time. <laughs> it's absolutely all time. The guy's a genius. I feel like that you know, that loss I don't know. I don't tell. Let me know if you agree with me here. Do you ever feel like some players lose matches because they want to just rest before a tournament? Like I feel like this is the kind of match where Benoit, who's been playing great tennis, 
probably was like, you know what? Screw it. I don't really want to play Antalya. It's freaking hot here. I'm playing Troisky, who's a pain in the ass to play. And I just want to get to London and go play Wimbledon. Like, I don't really want to be here. I, I think they all want to win the match. But in an instance like this, when it's brutal conditions, uh, no one is there, sadly. So there's no atmosphere. Right. Uh, like, you want to win, even need... if things don't go your way. If things don't go your way, you know right. that plane. That plane ride's looking looking a lot better. Right. And so you're just like, all right, whatever. Like I'll just go for it. You know, you're still trying to win the match. I, I hear anything you. can happen, and these players know anything can happen. But yeah, <coughs> definitely, definitely, uh, some of the desire to win might might um, wane a little bit. Right. I mean, look, he, he could have tanked the second set. It did go six and six. So yeah, I know obviously. in my roommate's case, Garrett Brasso, he's a really good player, top 10 junior and played tennis at Georgia. Uh, he definitely. Yeah. Sometimes that would happen to him. So <laughs> <laughs> he's basically a pro. He could have been a pro if he wanted to. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I can attest some people do that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he can hear you from the other room. That, that'd be, that'd I hope be gold. So um well well moving into the matches that you know actually went on today because Benoit clearly didn't make it neither did Troisky Troisky loses the quarterfinal match to uh Kazmenovic three and four Kazmenovic who I think has a great grass court game as uh Gruskin also agrees and you know talked about on, on yesterday's mini break I, I think is the kind of guy that could also be kind of sneaky uh, not a, not necessarily a dark horse. I'm yeah. not expecting him to make a, a deep run, but uh, has a sneaky good grass court game and could scare some people early on. At uh, he has a sneaky good game in well, general. Well, yes, a sneaky good game I, for sure. I saw him play at that Newport Challenger, and just the way he is able to like accelerate around the baseline and, and hit these just his such repeatable shots with his technique and his discipline to stay low and his explosiveness um, from his lower body. He's good, man. He's he really is. good. He's a young guy. Like and he, he said, keeps his strokes tight, too, which I think helps him a lot on the grass. He's never behind on the forehand, a lot a lot like Felix. You know, he sort of has the same preparation on the forehand as Felix. Felix is just a god and hits it ten times better. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, Kazmenovic being a, a fellow Serb that clearly has modeled some of his game after Djokovic, the way he moves, the backhand – uh, it, it definitely, you know, it's reminiscent of... He, he would suck to play. He's one of those guys that, right. you know, if, if, you, if it sucks to play you, you're probably a pretty good tennis player. <laughs> and it would, it would suck to play him because if you don't play well, you're going to have to dig really, really deep to come away with a victory. Oh, yeah. And as a 19-year-old ranked, you know, top 80 in the world, there he's clearly doing something right. And, and, and look, I, I think he's got... A great opportunity to to make the the finals here. You know, playing Jordan Thompson tomorrow. Uh, you know, Thompson, no, no, you know, shabby tennis player, but uh, you know, I don't necessarily see grass as his surface. You know, he plays. Actually, I take that back. He's got the big serve. He he's got the forehand. He, he doesn't necessarily hit it uh, with that much spin. Might be might be tougher than I think, but. Uh, I think this is a good opportunity for for Kazmenovic to to get some some more confidence going into Wimbledon and yeah I, I think I'm taking Kazmenovic over Thompson here. Yeah, I, I mean I could I could I could totally see that. Is a lot of that depends on Jordan Thompson's serve. He he's got right. he's got a he's got a monster serve. He does. He's not that big of a dude. 
but he can he's got a really loose arm and forehand serve combo baby <laughs> the one the one two punch the max Rock yeah. special good slice backhand <laughs> forehand serve combo let's go let's make some money <laughs> and he's really he's uh, thompson's really fast too he is sneaky fast um but so that, that'll, that'll be a really fun match to watch. And on the other side, so we can move into the Wimbledon qualities because that is the the more interesting tennis to talk about. Uh, Carreño Busta gets basically his you know second win ever on grass against Bernie. Bernie Tomic, 6-7, 6-4, 6-4. That was a, always a fun match to watch when you get the the weird crafty Tomic versus just a straight-up clay quarter. So... Uh, good for Busta. I, honestly, I didn't expect him to get the win, even though it is Tomic, and you never know what's going to happen. But you know, good for him. Maybe he's going to gain, you know, get get a little confidence going into Wimbledon. I, I still think. Uh, I don't know about that. One. No, <laughs> isn't <laughs> Not it funny to see to see him now, and you know, to think back when he was top ten in the world? That's just ridiculous that you can even say that he was top ten in the world. At this point, watching him, I, I don't want to like be mean or anything, but like I'm trying to think of what other players were in the top ten. You know, and then just sort of just disappeared. It, no, nothing like this. I mean, when when was he top ten though? When, like, when, oh my god, it was like literally. Let's uh, check a year out the rankings history, baby. Not that hard. Literally a year ago, like a, a little over a year ago, he left the top ten in February of last year. That's insane. Yeah, he's been he's been dropping like a rock. Looking at this at, at this rankings history. Yeah, he's been dropping like a rock consistently too. Um, yeah, and and he's been playing too. I I don't, we don't know if he's hurt or not because a lot of people play hurt, you know, and pick up prize money. But you know, I, I bet I bet he's he's a little injured and, and his confidence is definitely a little shaken. But it's good to see him doing well. I don't think he'll ever get back to the top ten. But you know, with yeah, his game it. and his physicality, he do- certainly belongs in you know in the top thirty, yeah. top top forty. And look, he's been in the top 100, you know, for the last six or seven years. So he, he's definitely, you know, fine and, and will probably continue to stay in that, you know, top 50, 60 range. But with the new the new group of talent, there's just no way he's breaking into the top 20 even. Uh, so I, I'm expecting an early exit from from Busta at Wimbledon. And just the, the last semifinal, Sinego takes out Manorino, 3-6-7-6-6-3, and uh, we don't need to go too much in, in depth into that match. Uh, nope, Manorino might have wanted to uh, go to Wimbledon. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Uh, look, if I were them, I would too. I would just want to get over there, get to the the beautiful courts that they've got, the beautiful facilities, and uh, I guess for some of them, like Kyrgios, like being in that elite eight group, like getting to use those facilities, I, I would just be all over that. Um, but yeah, let. Speaking of Wimbledon, let's get to our qualifying matches because there were some great qualifying matches today and some pretty amazing stories. I think we've got to start the first story that we have to talk about on the women's side. Coco Goff gets her third third round qualifying win, one in one, just a dominant win, and becomes the youngest player to qualify for a Wimbledon ever. She's 15 years old. That's disgusting. She's fifteen. She 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 won one and one today, and then the round before that, she beat the top seed in qualifying. So right. she beat a top hundred player, um, first round or second round in qualies. And there's there's not enough good things to say 
about her. I was interviewing Boletari one time for this Tennis Channel thing, and I asked him about Coco Goff, and he's just was the he's just like the resume is there, not <laughs> at all. She's won the Orange Bowl. She's done the da. And, I, and I mean, then he just you know 13, went on about that. Yeah, at thirteen, she's the youngest girl to make a U.S. Open girls final. At fourteen, she's the youngest winner of the French Open, and now at fifteen, she's the youngest girl to win a Grand Slam qualifying match. Uh, or excuse me, that she became the youngest to win a Grand Slam qualifying match at the French Open, and now she qualifies for Wimbledon and is the youngest to ever do it. I mean, it's just it's you're th- event after event. She's just she's breaking records. She's a prodigy. She is. She's a Absolutely. prodigy. She's a child prodigy, and she is going to grow into a body that will be one of the most dominant athletic tennis bodies in the WTA. A- and she's a prodigy. So, you know, sometimes with the prodigies, it, when, when they have to comes time to make that next jump, it can be tricky. Like, you know, Freddie Adu and uh, Sebastian Telfair. There's the NBA reference for you. Oh, yeah, and so always. You, you, never, you never know, but my God, with this one, it's, it's sort of like a LeBron James, like Dick Vitale on the, on the, on the call. He's like, <laughs> I love college, baby. I'm a big proponent of college, but sometimes there's a guy – where you just have to go to the NBA. He is that good. He is an NBA player right now, and it was like his call on LeBron James's game, and it was it's pretty cool. You should go back and check it out. A little sports historian there, but it's like this. It's just unbelievable. She's like she's like the LeBron James of tennis with her hype. You know, she's gonna have so much hype after. Imagine if she wins a round, an American, fifteen-year-old American, with the resume, uh, make do making a splash. And her serve and her grounds, I mean, she was crushing winners, man. And she was coming up clutch. She was saving break points. Sky's the limit. I can't wait to watch her play. I, I hope she gets I hope she gets a top player in the first round. Yeah, that'd be so fun to watch her go up against one of the the greats and, and just give him a scare. You know you know how terrible that would be or not even terrible, just terrifying it would be as a top seed to have a fifteen year old in your first round match. <laughs> it sucks so much. <laughs> So right. Talk about the, the mental just mind oh. that you'd have to go through. That is just brutal. Oh, you would be so tight unless oh. you're unless you're Rafael Nadal, in which case you would. But even so, blow like, him off the court. <laughs> no, but Rafa would just. Rafa doesn't care. Rafa's yeah, not at all. Crazy, yeah. Uh, but yeah, obviously a, a really amazing story and uh, super excited to see where her draw ends up tomorrow and, and we'll be sure to break that all down you know on these podcasts for you. Uh, but one other one other you know great uh, qualifier for us, uh, Katie McNally, you know, a, an American young player as well. Gets a, a six four six three win to qualify and uh, you know John McNally, her brother, you know another player, her parents both. Uh, also, I think her mom, a professional player at, at back in the day, and uh, cool to see her get through as well. We had a, a couple other American women. Uh, Christy Ahn also gets through, uh, and I actually think that's it. I think we had that's those... huge. That's huge for their careers, getting that big prize money check. Oh, of course. And then you know you can the just points. breathe a big sigh of relief. You know you got some runway. Absolutely, I, I know that. That Gruskin and Stokowiak were talking about, you know, what that means for these players and just the ability to to get the experience uh, on, on, you know, such a huge stage. The points, the money, uh, it, it really sets you up for 
you know, success moving forward. And uh, really cool to see those three make it into the main draw. And, and we wish them, you know, all the best. So of can luck. we talk about? Can we talk about? Yes, we do wish them the best of luck. Can we talk about Marcos now? <laughs> I knew I knew you were. I thought you were gonna say Marcos. You're like our guy, our guy. Like our, our, you know, we got to talk about. We got to talk about. I was like, we have to talk about Marcos. Yeah, don't worry. I the were, sweetest I was, kid in the world, was, uh, <laughs> finally having the success that has been coming to him for 26 years. You know, in the making, 25 years, however old he. I think he's 25, 26. Yeah, well, I was just so happy for him. The guy deserves it so much. He's put so much work in. Well, that's a, that's and a great way to get into this qualifying. Look, he he's in. He made it. Seven five six two two six six four win over Galovich. He's in the he's in the main draw, and he's it like you said, so yeah. deserving. In his game on grass, I've perfect. played Marcos before. It's perfect. I've played Marcos before, and he can turn on the ball really quick. You are not gonna you're not beating Marcos by hitting through him. He, he you're you're never gonna jam that guy. You know, if you're beating Marcos, you're well. For, you're probably not beating him, but they, you know, if you're me, but you're trying to get the ball off the court and you know move him and get it high out of his strike zone, is the most important thing against Marcos. Because then, if you can get it out of his strike zone, he'll cough up a short ball or two, and then you can approach approach to the backhand, stay away from the forehand. Yeah, he can rip the forehand. Approach to the backhand, or honestly, against Marcos, approach middle. But his game is grass for grass, on grass is perfect because he stays so low too, and he moves so well out of the corners. And so his volleys, he's man, he's, he's solid at the net. Yeah, he's surprisingly good at the net. All good players are, are good at the net. You have to finish at the net, but you know some more than others. I, I wouldn't say that's his biggest strength. His biggest strength no. is his is his rock solid ground game. Yeah. But yeah, I can't wait to see who he draws in the first round. I'm gonna be watching that match, cheering for him again. Uh, Am I gonna have to buy ESPN Plus? Son yeah. of a, bitch, I'm gonna have to buy ESPN Plus. Yeah, I I still have my ESPN Plus subscription uh, from expensive. from last year. I know it, it's. I can't afford it after that Vegas bachelor party I had oh, this God. weekend. Though I'm not getting married, but my best friend, one of my best <laughs> friends, is. <laughs> Goodness gracious, those nothing. things are Vegas bachelor parties are get expensive. Oh, I was gonna say nothing like a Vegas bachelor party to just ruin your bank account for the month. <laughs> uh, uh, Gruskin and I were there, you know, a, a few months ago, so I, I totally feel you. It's just brutal. Um, but look, both Giron and Ruben, who is our other American man who uh, qualified, uh, they're not gonna have to worry about their bank account getting that forty five thousand dollar first round check. Ruben with a really tough third round qualifying match against Yannick Honefman. He gets the win seven six six two four six six two, and you saw just the enjoyment on his face after qualifying. He just he couldn't even believe it. Uh, and honestly, I'm I'm a little surprised too. I, I don't necessarily see this as a surface for Ruben. You know, not the strongest guy at the net has you know fairly. Uh, you know, not loopy is not the right word, but puts a lot of spin on his forehands and his backhands, and uh, so not the the surface I would expect him to have the most success. But here we are, and he's in the the main main draw of Wimbledon. Yeah, he's got a good grass court. He takes the ball early. You know, he, he doesn't redirects wait for the well. Ball to, you're, he doesn't right. wait for the ball to come to him. So on grass, that's a huge strength taking the ball early. His game's his game's good on grass, but he doesn't have the biggest serve. 
Um, but, you know, the return of serve is so important on grass, too, because p the serve is amplified. But, yeah, I mean, it's a, just a big mental toughness win for him. I, you know, I think that's because Hoffman's clearly the more the more talented athlete. Yes. And that guy's that guy's insane. If you've ever seen him play, I mean, big six foot five, 220 pound German with beautiful strokes who can just lay the hammer on the ball. Unlike anyone. I remember one time, quick tangent, but I remember Steve Johnson, Yannick Hoffman playing one doubles for USC at National Indoors at Boar's Head on some of the quickest courts you'll ever see. And Hoffman, there was just nothing you could do. He hit his return 110 miles an hour every time and never <laughs> missed. It was, there was just tuning people in doubles. I remember my teammates played him, and they were just like, what the hell and our coach was just like nah nothing you can no nothing you're gonna do yeah just that. just smile and focus keep yeah get ready for singles get ready for singles <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a scary devils team I don't, I don't even want to think about playing them but yeah you're, you're right i mean um honestly i i wasn't certain that uh by any means that ruben was going to get this win i actually expected the hanifin win here so you know just a a really awesome qualifying round couple rounds for Ruben and again I'm I'm not confident in his ability to make it you know past his first round but I guess we'll see where his draw lands him and it's gonna be fun to watch him play regardless but yeah he got he's got that Kalamazoo three out of five experience working in his favor oh yeah uh and and I've always found it kind of weird that the third round of qualies goes to three out of five like what's the like what are you doing there like what's the point like, I don't see why you do that I made the best man win but it is yeah, it is tough because they're playing you know back That's, to back to back. Right, and and now you know they do this, and then the winners you know have played a, a three out of five setter before even their first. Tennis round. is under the gun right now, man. You know people are not happy with the status quo. Yeah, I'm interested to see what the sport's going to look like in you know, 10, 20 years. Well, well, speaking of not being happy with the status quo, I do want to talk about the seeding. Uh, and, and, you know, Gruskin would scoff at talking about this because he scoffs at any of the, the taboo uh, debates on, on the tennis tour. But I do want to talk about it really quick before we do. Just a few other notable American you know, losses, unfortunately, because those were our only two qualifiers. Fertangelo loses to Popperin, 3-6-6-7-7-6-6-7. You know, tough, tough third-round qualifying match. And, uh, you know, Popper and a really good player and, and, you know, should definitely see some, some good tennis from him. TP loses to Vesley two, three and three, not the result we were hoping to see. He looked good too. I, I thought his second round match, he was looking really strong and, you know, oh, Vesley on grass. He looked good you know, against Tort, man. I don't know. Do you I, have the I, stats I, handy? I do. I, I do have the stats. Um, How many aces did Vesely have? I mean, the guy's just got a cannon of a serve. And dude, only grass. six. Not... He served How many? only six aces. He did serve 66%. Uh, he won 80% of those first serves. Dude, TP was at the net 40 times. He converted 63% of those net points. I... <sighs> wow, that's interesting. I would have thought he would have had 20-plus aces and you know just take the racket out of your hand and then there's a lot more pressure to hold serve and in the final round of qualies there's enough pressure as it is and if the guy's serving bombs yeah interesting yeah but you want to see tommy do well the guy's such such a homie such a nice guy yeah so uh, unfortunate to see him go down and you know we saw donald young go down to bemelman's four four and one so uh, another one of our american guys and 
that that's it for the Americans. You know, we we we've got five uh, um, from the men and two from the men, three from the women, and uh, so we'll we'll take that. You know, we'll take as much American success as we can get. But I do want to get your opinion on this seeding thing because Nadal has you know complained about it getting moved from the second seed. You know, what should be. It's been this way. It's been this way. Right. But right. do you and, and, do you agree with it? like do you think that we that Wimbledon should have it like I think it's kind of stupid like what are we giving Anderson the four seed it, it, why you know why are things different at different tournaments you think that a tennis tournament you know in the ATP tour would be like a universal format yeah but but that's that's the that's the biggest thoughts I I really have on it I mean it, at the end of the day dude it doesn't matter you gotta you gotta beat who's in front of you. But I think it does like three and four. You're just yeah. You're not gonna. But it doesn't matter until the semis. Yeah. Well, no. But like, think about it for team, right? Team should be the four seed, not Anderson. And oh, team, it sucks for those guys. Yeah. Right. <laughs> team. Team now is gonna have to play a, a Djokovic, Federer, Nadal in a quarter versus a semis. It's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. I think team would tell you you have to beat who's in front of you anyway. Um. So, you know, it, it gives these players, you know, something to gripe about, but it, it whatever. <laughs> I mean, I get, the, it's just play, you know, play. But, but yeah, I, I think it it should be changed, but how are you going to convince the all, you know, the all England long tennis you never will. club to do something? Yeah, so, so, so whatever. That tradition will, will not be changed, but it, it look, it's affected the, uh, uh, of course, I'm always going back to the, the betting lines. It did affect the betting lines. Federer moved into uh, the the second favorite at plus three hundred in front of Nadal. Uh, with that, maybe that's why it'll never change. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's all about the money. They, maybe. maybe they really wanted to throw some bones on Federer, so that so they so they, yeah, maybe that's why. Who knows? Well, who knows how long the I don't I I, I gotta stop. I gotta stop. Let's move on. <laughs> the, the only other thing I, I, I was gonna bring up FAA plus twenty five hundred. He's our our sixth favorite behind uh, the. The big three, Tsitsipas and Zverev. I just love to see that. That is so sweet that he's our sixth favorite. Yeah, he, people were just waiting to pounce on him so quick, and he almost had it at Indian Wells, and he almost had it at Miami. I, and he's, he's looked unbelievable on grass. His forehand, the, the stroke production is so compact, and he hits it so dang hard. Uh, and um, his, he's serving well. I didn't know his serve was that good until he got on the grass. And then it just became completely unreturnable. I think it's, but I feel like he was. It, it looked good on the clay. I I actually kind of liked, you know, the way that his slice got out wide. But the slice on the grass is so good too. Yeah, you're right. I, yeah, I, I do like it. I, look, I think we're. Gonna I don't see like a, how his a, hands are completely separate when he starts the, the start starts the motion, but. The guy's gonna be number one in the world, so it doesn't matter. So let's, let's <laughs> he can do whatever on. he wants. <laughs> he, can, he can do whatever the hell he wants. Well, well, look, I, those are all the the matches from today, and you know we, we've talked about our qualifiers. The draws will get released, you know, probably right when when we wake up tomorrow morning. Uh, and, I, and I'm just excited to see where all these matches end up. Any any final thoughts on? You know the grass court leading up to Wimbledon, and you know before we we bring you back on for some some Wimbledon recap. Hmm. Any major takeaways? No, I'm I'm pretty much just ready for Wimbledon. It's it's by my favorite tournament. I think it's by far the coolest tournament of of the year, 
and I can't wait. I'm gonna. I gotta get to bed anyway. I gotta be up bright and early uh, to figure out what's going on with this draw and and make some content. Absolutely. Well, Cracked Rackets will also be making some content for these draws coming out. You know, make sure to check out the Great Shot Podcast for the draw breakdowns that will be released. You know, later this weekend before the tournament starts. Make sure to check out the Cracked Interviews podcast. I did a, a fun one today with Julie Anthony. You know, former doubles partner of Billie Jean King, and uh, she made the semifinals of doubles at Wimbledon. We talked a little bit about uh, the All England Club and, and her, you know, experience there, and re- really cool to hear from from someone who's had you know such a, a an interesting career. And then you know, make sure to check out the website too. We're going to be doing our, our typical uh, draw. What is it? What is it called? When we the the draw. Bracket tournaments. There we go. Uh, we'll be doing one of the bracket tournaments, so make sure to, to check out. Racket bracket. Oh yeah, cracked rackets, brackets, baby. Um, cracked but, rackets, br- racket bracket. You gotta brackets. do that. Why haven't you done that yet? You guys are idiots. That oh that name. You're right. Cracked yeah. rackets, br- racket bracket. <laughs> brackets, rackets, crackets. Oh god. <laughs> it's fantastic. I need to go to sleep. Um, <laughs> but we will be doing the the cracked rackets bracket. Uh, so make sure to, to check out the website and, and fill yours out before the main draw starts so that you can have your chance to to win some CR gear and some uh, potentially some cool giveaways where we've got some partnerships coming our way. So hopefully we can give you some good stuff. But uh, Kale, if there's nothing else from you, I'll, I'll close this out here and thank our you know entire team at Cracked Rackets. I'll thank their super producers, Daniel Westhoff and Max Fleetner, who as always, have a f- job to do. And, of course, I have to thank you, Kale, for, for joining me today uh, for a, another lovely mini break. And, Kale, you know, you know what we say to all of our fans at the end of these, don't you? Yep, it was, it's always a pleasure, my friend, and, and uh, that is a break. That is a break, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow when the draws come out.